0: It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. You're listening to a new generation of talk, Guy Benson. It's the Guy Benson Show. GuyBensonShow.com, our online home. Podcast is free, on demand, every day. With us now is the Honorable Nikki Haley, former governor of the great state of South Carolina, also former U.S. ambassador to the United Nations. She is founder of Stand for America PAC. And Ambassador Haley, great to have you here again.
1: Thanks so much, Guy. Great to be with you.
0: Before we get to foreign policy and the situation brewing in Ukraine, I just want to get your initial reaction, politically speaking, to the announcement today, I guess, The leak today that Justice Breyer is going to retire from the Supreme Court, setting up a confirmation fight ahead. What would be your thoughts and maybe your advice to Senate Republicans in an evenly divided Senate about how to approach what's coming next?
1: Well, I think you first have to acknowledge the fact that how disrespectful to let that leak Um, and not let Justice Breyer say it on his own terms. I mean, I think that shows how political this Biden White House has been, um, and it's just par for the course. The second thing is I wish President Biden could do something without interjecting race and gender as a litmus test. I mean, you immediately, you know, automatically put down this next person you're you're gonna mention by labeling them first. I never did that when I picked Tim Scott as Senator for South Carolina. You pick someone and you do it based on the quality of that person, the merit of that person. You don't go and say, this is the label I'm going to have and this is the pool I'm going to choose from. So when you nominate, you've nominated from the whole pool. And if that person happens to be an African-American woman, great, but you didn't just define her as that. And so I just continue to be shocked at how Biden, everything is a litmus test based on race and gender. And then he wonders why we're so divided. You know, my... Advice for Republicans going into this is, you know, these are very, very important nominations. Let's see who he puts up and let's make sure that we do everything we can to make sure we get the most qualified person in for the job.
0: Meanwhile, I want you to put your ambassador hat on here and break down for us how you view the situation on the border of Ukraine. You dealt with the Russians at the U.N. You dealt with some of our NATO allies on a regular basis at the U.N. It's not always easy to herd those cats. What do you think Putin is planning on here and how soon?
1: I think it's horribly embarrassing what has happened. I mean, I I have to say it was absolutely cringeworthy listening to Biden's press conference because literally you know, you never show your cards, especially when you don't have any. And that's literally what he did, you know, to, to refer to whether there's a minor incursion or not. I, I know having dealt with the Ukrainians and everybody else, they had to have been mortified because it was basically giving a green light to let Russia know, look, you can do a little bit, but you can't do a lot. Well, that's like saying you can go and you can attack Florida, just don't attack the rest of the country regardless of what you do, it's bad and you have to treat it that way. And he needed to treat it with the urgency and the seriousness that it is. Um, We're suffering with the fact that with the fall of Afghanistan, I mean, you've got anywhere from Putin, Xi, um, Kim Jong-un in North Korea, you know, to the Ayatollahs in Iran. They all get what an amazing opportunity this is. They know that they've never had a weak president like this before. They know they probably never will have another one again. And so they are trying to get everything they can. Putin is trying to leverage. I don't think... His intent is to go to war. Um, it would not be popular really, um, for him in in Russia. That's Russians don't want to see that happen. He knows it would be costly in terms of life and money. He knows Russians don't want to see that happen. And Putin's had um, some, some popularity problems within Russia. So what he's trying to do is bring home for Russia a win saying he kept Ukraine out of NATO or he limited what NATO can do. What we have to do is let him know You don't play these games. So look at at what we know about Russia. We know those facts about Putin. Um, We also know that we don't want him dictating who is or is not in NATO. Mm -hmm. We should be strengthening NATO's spine by getting everybody on one page, making sure we're all talking with one voice. The way to really kind of weaken Russia and strengthen Ukraine is we should be sending anti-tank missiles, anti-aircraft, anti-ship missiles. That's the thing that Putin will cower to if we do that. We should look at the sanctions and not wait for Putin to attack. You do it before to let him know that you don't cause this kind of chaos and that sanctions on the one, you know, industry that they have is energy. So going after their energy, going after Putin personally or going after financial transactions would really kind of chill him to let him know that we're serious. And then I think you have to look at A timeline is, you know, what would Putin's calculus be? I've dealt with the Russians. They very much value the Olympics. They don't want to not be in it because they want to, you know, they know that their medal count matters. So I don't think you're going to see anything happen during the Olympics. I think if there's a window that something's going to happen, it's going to be February 20th, which is the last day of the Olympics, to March 1st, which is the day when Putin has to give his State of the Union address. So we should all be strengthening up so that he, by February 20th, realizes how bad it would look if he even attempted to move forward. I mean, there's a lot at play, but I can tell you going and shopping and going to get ice cream is not what Biden needs to be doing right now. He needs to be talking with our international partners and coming up with a game plan.
0: And I want to come back to our international partners here in a second. But if I heard you correctly, you think that ultimately Putin doesn't want to invade you think he will, though, if, if he feels like he doesn't want to lose face and he doesn't believe that the West will be united in response?
1: He will if he can get something out of it. So that's the importance of NATO being solidified. That's the importance of Biden really showing that strong, unified momentum of every country together. This should not be a Russia-U.S war which is what putin wants to make it this very much needs to strengthen the spine of nato and everyone stand together saying you're not going to dictate to us who can or cannot be in our alliance it's another major thing he needs to be doing is biden needs to be calling out germany and telling them that they're you know that they have conflicts in this and they can't be calling the shots because this is exactly why president trump Um, from his administration, and I spoke very loudly at the UN, that it was a total mistake for the Nord Stream 2 pipeline to go forward because it would weaken our European allies. It would totally make Germany dependent and it would cause all of us harm. This is proof of that. This is absolute proof of that. And if Biden could get NATO to say we're going to stand down on Nord Stream 2 just for this reason, you would see Putin freeze.
0: What can be done ...to do that because, I mean, the Germans are being difficult and recalcitrant and Biden admitted in that press conference last week that you referenced, he admitted that NATO is not on the same page and people aren't uh, currently aligned with a united front about what they would do in response to various uh, options and, you know, the incursion, regardless of size. there's There are vibes, ripples of disunity right now within the West, within NATO... What can be done? Because, you know, you can just throw up your hands and say, oh, gosh, you know, there go the Germans again. There's this new government that they have. What are we going to do? But also we're the United States of America, and there are probably, you know, certain levers of of leverage that we can use to maybe turn the screws a little bit on the German government, make them make a choice, make them choose between the West and and Putin. I mean there's a obviously a balancing act. You don't want to play total hardball with your own allies when you've got this huge threat from Russia, but it seems like maybe there could be more pressure brought to bear on some of the stragglers.
1: No, you absolutely play hardball with your allies. You know, when you when you have fights in the family, you keep it behind closed doors, but you have fights in the family. And look, there was not unity when it came to us getting out of the Iran deal. There wasn't unity mm-hmm. when I had to fight to get um, the harshest sanctions on North Korea, you know, in history. There wasn't unity when we were going and taking on China. We created that unity. And we did it by, there were many times where I closed the door and talked to my European allies and said, this is what has to be done. This is why we have to do it. And when we walk out that door, there needs to be a united front. That is what you do. That is the whole reason we fought back on Nord Stream 2. And we did it knowing that this was gonna happen. This is when Biden should go into the room and say, Well, I mean the the hard part is Biden sold us out on Nord Stream two. Trump had made sure we didn't allow that to happen. Biden gave it a free pass. So First, he has to admit the mistake that that was wrong. Secondly, he's gotta get Germany to look out for the region and not just themselves. This is what leadership is. It's getting a disunified group together for the greater good. It can be done, we've done it multiple times before, but it takes energy, it takes hard work, and it takes 100% commitment. These countries would much rather follow the United States than Russia or China any day of the week. But when they don't see the U.S. lead, they all cower and go into their separate groups. And that's what's happening right now.
0: You know, Madam Ambassador, as you're making those points, I can't help but think back since we're talking about this pipeline. Just, what, two weeks ago at this point, the administration sent officials up to Capitol Hill to whip Democrats against the sanctions bill. Senator Cruz to sanction Putin and this pipeline. And I guess the understanding was, look, we don't want to rankle the Germans too much. Uh, We don't want to necessarily step on our diplomatic efforts prematurely. We might get to that eventually. But if you want to send a signal about the the seriousness of purpose of the United States government across party lines. I wonder if that would have been a better strategic decision decision rather to let the Senate move forward on a bipartisan basis because they had majority support. Democrats hilariously filibustered it, actually, while they were in the middle of trying to kill the filibuster and call it racist. They briefly uh, came back into the non-racist camp and used it to kill it, which is what the Biden team wanted them to do. It seems like that especially now looking back looks like even more of a mistake
1: it absolutely was a mistake and you know you should be asking every democrat look at what situation you put us in because don't complain about ukraine without realizing that you missed a total opportunity to sanction that Nord Stream 2 which would have really flat-footed putin i mean these are all the things that we've got to to get it together there's so much guy when you look at the situation I mean, there's no surprise that you've got 30 planes flying over Taiwan right now. There's no surprise that you're seeing the Ayatollahs start to look for areas where they can have suicide bombers and they're starting to have their terrorist attacks. There's no surprise that North Korea is starting to test missiles again. They all sense weakness and we've got to get it together. I mean, there's a serious problem when Biden wants to say COVID is the number one priority. Fine. Fine then why is it that when we pick up an N95 mask, it's made in China? Why is it that these tests that he's passing out to everyone, they're made in China? Why is it that the Americans still rely on over 10% of our energy from Russia? We've got to wake up and understand, you have to wrangle some feathers. I sat across from the German ambassador and read him the riot act and told him in front of other Europeans, tell me why this is good for our alliance. And he couldn't answer the question. We have to start doing the things that are difficult to do for the good of our country and for the good of the world. It's just not happening.
0: He mentioned it's time. not
1: because there aren't solutions. It's because people are getting lazy, and the laziness is going to destroy America if we don't start doing something about it.
0: Well, and really hurt the West and will allow powers, emerging powers that are diametrically, diametrically opposed to our values to gain strength and influence around the world, which is not good news. And since you mentioned Taiwan, I guess we can maybe leave it here. We don't want to get too far out into the future or catastrophize too much. But if it feels like Putin is able to get away with something again in Ukraine, because let's remember he's already done it, right? This would be round two in Ukraine should it play out this way. You know that Beijing is watching the world reaction extremely closely, and if they sense like they can get away with something similar, I mean, Taiwan will fall, right? I mean, there there are consequences beyond the immediate circumstance when it comes to other tyrants and other bully regimes elsewhere making decisions and calculating what they might be able to get away with.
1: It's really important that everybody look at the end of the Olympics. It's the reason that we didn't want and and the reason I pushed so hard for a boycott of the Beijing Olympics is because if they get a pass and we get past these Olympics and we still look weak, they're going to do whatever they want because they can. And that's the dangerous part of the next three years is honestly for the good of our country. If, if, if Biden loved our country, he would step down and take Kamala with him because the foreign policy situation is beyond dangerous at this point. And, you know, it, it, when you don't have a strong America, you don't have a safe world. And that's what's getting ready to happen. And, and, you know, my only hope and prayer is that they get it together and realize this isn't about America. This isn't about, you know, NATO. This is about all of us. This is about safety. This Wait, is did, about strength. And this is about freedom winning. Ambassador and, Haley, did did
0: you just call on the president and vice president to resign?
1: I mean, look at the situation we are in a dangerous situation. He destroyed Afghanistan. He's put us in the situation with Russia. He has no plan for Taiwan. And you're sending our, our athletes over to Beijing for the Olympics. And you've said nothing about how you're going to protect them when they're over there. They've literally been threatened and told if they say anything against the government, they will be punished. Where is the protection for Americans? I mean, literally, he has failed on every level. And then you look domestically. You look at the fact that crime is hitting our streets. You look at the fact that our kids, we've got an entire COVID generation, that we're going to be lucky if they graduate from high school at this point, if we keep these schools closed and keep taking on these teachers unions. You've got a border where you allowed 200,000 illegal immigrants to cross last month alone. All of the, this has been a catastrophe on every level. That's not me speaking politically. That's me speaking as a, as a loving, um, person of America whose parents came here because they saw the greatness of it. The wife of a combat veteran who fought in Afghanistan and sacrificed. Yeah. The and mama- I
0: mean, there's no there's no doubt. I mean, the number of crises and challenges have been piling up under this administration and so many broken promises already. We're up on a hard break, Madam Ambassador, which is why I had to cut in. We always appreciate your time. That's Nikki Haley, former South Carolina governor, former U.S. ambassador to the U.N. Stand for America PAC is her organization Thank you so much, Madam Ambassador. Hope to talk to you again soon.
1: Thanks so much, Guy. God bless.
0: We'll be right back. Fresh Conservative Talk, Guy Benson Show. From the Fox News Podcasts Network.
1: I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine.